Many of you have been blessed by her prophetic ministry, but she also carries this anointing for teaching and preaching. She's a five-fold ministry prophet, as per message last week, Jeff McCracken, and um, over the years has been a super blessing to all of us in terms of her teaching and in who she is. You know, Rob McEwen said the medium is the message, and Mary not only imparts a great message from the word, she herself is a message from heaven to us and who she is in God. Give Mary a warm welcome as she comes and shares the word. I don't have anything to hook the other mic to, so I'm going to hold it. Thank you, Dan. That was very kind. Well, welcome new songers and those of you online. Okay, I don't know any jokes, so here's my joke. Everybody ready? How many people have ever read the word and had it kind of step on your toes? Like it's an ouch. Okay, there's a possibility the word that I share today could step on toes. Here's the joke. If, if so, we need it. Okay? And you notice I said we. Okay, I like things to be interactive. So let me ask a question. How many, not, if you were here last night, you can't answer. How many of you know how many questions throughout the Gospels that Jesus asked, whether it's disciples or one-on-one? Anybody have an idea? Okay. Well, I've had answers from like 10 to 1,050. So here's, here, here it is. 307 questions he asked his disciples in the Gospels. And I know that because I studied all the Gospels this week and marked them out, Luke being the most with 101 And it got me to thinking, because I've been thinking about that passage in Luke when it says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? (laughs) The first time I read that, probably 35, 40 years ago, I just started bawling. I just started sobbing, Lord, you're going to find faith in me when you come back. And I know that faith works by love. That's what the word says. So what is the preeminent thing that we need to guard? and our heart to be found in faith when the Lord returns, our love. The Bible says that because of the iniquities of the last days, and that word just means illegalities. Anybody see anything illegal going on ever? Because of the illegalities, the iniquities of the last days, the love, and he's addressing the church, folks, the love of most will grow cold. So there's an admonition from the Lord to guard our hearts with all diligence for out of it just springs forth life. His life is love. Wherever he goes, there was no place that he ever operated out of anything but love. If whether it was a rebuke, whether it was healing, whether it was a miracle, as I, I was telling my husband this morning, I don't think there's a day that I ever wake up that my heart for the first hour between the subconscious and conscious level that it is just not flooded with the word where I just hear heaven preaching scripture after scripture after scripture into my heart in fact I've thought if I could just record what that ethereal realm is up here in the heavenlies when you before you're ever in fully conscious just the word of God flowing through us richly it just sets the course for our day so that is why I want to um, read these questions to you And why questions? Well, thought-provoking questions shift the power dynamic in a conversation to make the person think 
You can make lots of statements to people like you shouldn't do that or you need to quit this or maybe you should go to church or whatever. I have noticed in my 45 plus years of walking with the Lord that asking questions has brought about 100% results, 100%, whether it's salvation or healing or deliverance. The more questions that I ask that are led, I hopefully, by the Spirit of God, the more the person has to cooperate, participate with you in that. They don't have to do that when there's just statements being made. So I'm big on question asking, especially when you need to see uh, conflict resolved. A lot of times when there's conflict in relationships and families and whatever, people want to get their truth out there. They want to make statements. And, I have, and I've learned through experience as well as the Lord's leading that asking questions are a much better facilitator to bringing reconciliation. And right on word, Mary, this morning I was just telling her in the back, Wally and I, three different times I came over and said, we need to pray about unity. And first this, Lord, may this scripture go in every man's heart, every woman's heart, and never leave. May it be whatever it needs to bring about the transformation. Unite my heart to fear your name. When we truly fear God, all these questions right here that I'm going to ask you, the word of God will spring forth from us. So when I ask these questions, what I would like you to do, if you could, I'm going to read all seven questions that I'm going to go through and, and read to you or explain to you what I felt like the Lord gave me the response for the, for the questions. And the response comes from the word. So when I ask these questions, will you like engage your brain and think, what would my answer to that be? What is my answer to that? And hopefully it lines up with what it, the word says. And if it doesn't, stomp on your own toe and just say, Lord, I rebuke myself. I repent that the thoughts that I have regarding the answers to these questions are not lining up with scripture. And today, I agree to agree with what you say. Amen. And regardless of our feelings, our emotions, what the present reality looks like, I think it's Bill Johnson that says that faith is, and if it's not, I'm sorry, I'm not giving credit to the right person. Faith is not denying the existence of a circumstance, a problem, an issue to exist. It's denying the reality that that problem, that health issue, that lack of provision, that broken relationship gets to exist above the name of Christ. Jesus' name is above every name. It's above brokenness. It's above cancer. It's above lack. It's above the enemy. It's above our government. The name of Jesus is above every name. So, first question, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? And I'm just praying all your hearts are screaming, you're going to find faith in me, Lord. I pray that's your heart response, that, you're gonna, that, that he will be, you will be found faithful when he returns. Second question, and I want you to know I haven't put these in any chronological order, nor maybe significance or importance, because believe, I believe this next question is even more important, and it's Peter. Um, it's Jesus addressing his disciples, and he said, whom do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? But even more importantly, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Third question. Okay, this could be an ouch. You ready? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I command? Number four. And this is when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
suffering greatly so much that he, you know, drops sweats of blood pouring from his sweat. And he says, could you not tarry with me? Could you not watch and pray with me for one hour? Is that a good question? Any toe stomping? Number five. For what advantage is it to a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Do you have a different translation up there? What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Number six. Can any of you by worrying add one cubit to your statue? Or can any of you by worrying increase your lifespan? Or can any of you by worry hour, worry at a single hour to your life? Say no. Okay, number seven. And again, if this might be the second most important question. And it's um, Jesus addressing Peter after P- Peter denies him three times. Do you love me? more than these? And a dual question in that little passage. If you love them, which love you, what thanks have you? Even the wicked, even the sinners love people that love them. Amen. Okay. The parable of the... Per- I'm going to answer the first question. Anybody come up with any answers from scripture? Yeah? I knew you would, Jim. Okay, Luke 18, 1, is that up there? Okay, I better read that version, I've got a different. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they, they should always pray and not give up. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. What, what, what translation is that? Okay. <laughs> and the Lord said, listen to what the un- unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice? This is the highlight of this passage for me. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and get it quickly or speedily, King James says. However, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? Now, One of the things I felt like the Lord highlighted to me is I do not believe this passage is a coincidence taken in context that the very thing that he's saying is when my people, my elect, cry out to me night and day, will I delay? Will I not bring them just as speedily? We know that things are going on in this nation. We have an adversary. And in the nations of the earth, but we live here in America, there are so many adversarial foes If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, you know that passage in Chronicles, but it says if they will cry out night and day, I will hear the elect. I will bring justice swiftly. But we can't have, as the word says, bitter water 
and and sweet water coming from the same mouth. We cannot have a mouth that says, oh, that stinking administration. Oh, uh, you know, this about Joe Biden. Or that we cannot have mouths that double speak. When Dan, you know, gave the scripture, says we should let no corrupt conversation. It is corrupt. Speak evil of your leaders, the word says. No corrupt conversation come from our mouth, but only that which is beneficial for building others up according to their need. Their need is they need deliverance of them. Yes, I'm not saying that we cannot pray the solutions, but for cursing and what we want to see God do in our nation to come out of the same lips ought not be so. So, that's number one. (laughs) Number two. Number two question. But who do you say that I am? Have you guys ever thought about that personally? I have noticed the people that I've seen most impact the earth, most impact their families, their neighborhoods, their workplace, are people who really know who the Lord says they are. Yes, there's a collective mentality or a corporate mentality in the church. Jesus died for the sin of the whole world. Amen? But he died for my sin. I hung him up there. My sin put him on the cross because he loves me. And to the, to the depth and the degree that we can personalize the message of the gospel is the depth and the degree that we will know we are his sons and his daughters. So <clears throat> I want to read this passage. And this is what I felt that scripture that popped in my head to answer this question. To know your identity. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Our sonship and knowing God's pure and unconditional love for us is preeminent in our journey as disciples. You notice I didn't say to get saved. The thief on the cross ended up in paradise. But I'm talking if we're going to be disciples who Luke 6.40 says those who are taught Jesus' red letter will be like their teacher. If we're going to be true disciples, we must have. I pray to God that everyone in here has encountered this experience when they were baptized. That they went straight up and lo, the heavens were opened unto them. Because when the heavens were opened and he saw the Lord seated up there saying, this is my son. This is my daughter in whom I will please. He hadn't done any miracles. There was nothing astounding in his record. I mean, he obeyed his parents. He was was perfect. But there was not any miraculous testimony coming from his life prior to his descension. And what it says that he he said, I want to show you. I want to show you by this baptism, John the Baptist, when he said, "I, I have to suffer and do this for righteousness sake. And what is that? What is the righteousness sake? that he recognized there was going to be his own death and resurrection. Just as when we get baptized, there is a death to our old man, to our old nature. I was praying about this so much this morning, and I kept hearing haunting things in people's minds about letting, letting the enemy or your own soul speak to you about your old nature. That needs to just die forever today. You are not your old man. If you've truly been born again, the blood of Jesus has atoned for every one of your sins. And he said, now behold, 
I make all things new. You are a new creation, created in the image of God to live life with Christ through you, impacting every place your feet tread, every word you speak, every action of love that you take. He empowers you with his grace and his goodness to live like him in the earth. Amen? Amen. Knowing our identity in him is where the freedom and abundant life come from. It is. The Bible says if you, it doesn't say the truth sets men free. You guys know that, right? It doesn't say truth sets men free. It says knowing the truth. And that knowing is an inner mind, will, and emotions, not a mental assent to, I know God loves me, he died. No, in here, the word of God lives in us richly, proclaiming who he is continuously. Last week, uh, McCracken, Gary, what's his first name? Jeff. Jeff. Jeff said, would you all please put your hands like this? And he said, I'd like God to reveal something to this. I'm paraphrasing. Your purpose, you guys remember that? If you were here? And I remember thinking, well, I kind of know my purpose. But anyway, I did it, and I felt like the Lord says, and it was very simple, to bring me glory. For out of that, everything else flows. Whether you're an evangelist, a teacher, a mommy, a prophet, a student of the word, whatever, an architect, a doctor, a dentist, a trash guy, whatever. Out of the motivation of love to bring him glory, does everything else flow? Amen. Okay, yeah. number four. Could you not watch with me for one hour? Last night I was saying that every time I've ever read this passage again, I think Jesus asked so little. I mean, nothing we give him our whole life, but I mean, he doesn't say, could you do me a favor? Could you bring me dinner? But it is time of greatest suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, could you please watch? Could you please pray with me? To his dearest friends, could you stand fast and just be with me and pray and contend? And they all fell asleep. It breaks my heart every time I read it. I want to I say, Lord, I, I wouldn't fall asleep. Of course, sleep is kind of irrelevant to me. I don't need sleep very much. But So maybe I would have made it. But I know that when we set our, our heart, the course of my day, intentionally to be praying and not to faint, men ought always to pray and not grow weary. That is a continual conversation with God every day, all day. And my prayers are not, and prayers cannot be whining. Prayers cannot be claiming, well, you know that boss of mine, you need to get rid of him. I hear people pray like that. Give me a new boss, God. I will actually, I don't want to say this because they might be listening, but um, somebody I know said, please agree with me that the Lord will get rid of my boss. They are such a thorn in my flesh. I said, well, I don't feel that's the will of God. How about if I pray you learn how to love your boss? How about if I pray that you'll bless her and pray for her who you say is your enemy? How about if I pray that instead? All right, you know. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I know they're going to listen. So anyway, and I did pray that. So can we agree that we need to tarry more now than ever? I mean, an hour a day, that's a lot. 
but we can pray continuously all day long. But focused prayer, and especially that God would speedily bring justice against our adversary in this nation, because I, like Dan, agree, America shall be saved. It is the will of God not for America to perish. I hope you guys will leave that. Because I know we have more than 10 righteous, 100 righteous, and... You know, I know there's a lot of wickedness, but there's a lot of godly people who are laid down lovers of Christ. And the Bible says, whatsoever we ask in prayer, believing it will, we will receive it. Number five, for what is a a man advantaged if he gains the whole world and loses himself or be cast away? Is that heartbreaking? Isn't that heartbreaking to think that people go so much after riches or promotions, or the things of this world that they would lose their own, their own very soul. That's crazy bad. Okay, here's a passage I felt like the Lord directly gave me for this. <clears throat> How many people know it says in Luke 8 that God himself says, red letter, the seed is the word of God. God's word is seed. And one of the things I've been meditating a lot on this last year is in Hebrew, the word for word, which is seed, but the word in Hebrew is thing. Our words are things. And from nothing, he created the universe. And from nothing, he created light and separated darkness. He created things with his words. Do you believe that God has given us, when it says our loins are girded about with truth, the actual meaning of that in the Greek is procreative power. Procreative power. That the truth that comes from my inner being, the procreative power loose from heaven, from my lips, the word of God. That's why he says when he sends the word, wherever he sends the word, it prospers. You must believe that because that is what is true. If every, if all hell tries to defy it, if every circumstance looks the opposite, you must determine in your heart to say this, what do you say, Lord? Even, I know I've said this before, but even Ezekiel, when he's looking at a vast field of dry bones and God asks him, can these bones live? At least he has the, the, you know, the wherewithal to say, oh, only you know. He doesn't go, well, never. That's impossible. How are we going to do that? You know, no, he agreed to see, allow his perspective, allow his paradigm to be shifted if need be, that whatsoever came out of him agreed with the word of the Lord. That the things that come from him, that the things that he ruminates on, that the things that he meditates on day and night is what does Christ, what does the word, the indwelling, grafted word in me say? That's the only thing that gets to rule that is the only thing that gets to rule and when you make that determination to let the word of God dwell in you richly and that it it says we hide his word in our heart that we might not sin against him when you hide his word in your heart you won't sin against him now when I say you won't I don't I mean you won't willingly sin Do we have blind spots? Everybody say amen. Amen. I excel at seeing blind spots. That's kind of a joke, but it's true. So when when people don't know their blind spots, I'm happy to help. (laughs) Because it's profound to me 
often how people do not know themselves. They perceive themselves either really like I'm all that or people tend to be one or the other. They're like, I'm nothing, Eeyore, Eeyore, I'm, I can't do that, or they're all that. Uh, anybody know both kinds? Okay, let's just say we're who God says we are and agree with him. I'm doing good. Seven minutes. Okay. Uh, sixth question. Can you add, can you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Say no. In fact, the opposite is you probably kill yourself because stress is a killer. It's bad for your heart. It's bad for your endocrine system. It's just not good to worry. Now, I can say, and this is not because of the word or anything. I've just never been a worrier. I just, for me, I'm so cognitive. I'm so bottom line. I know that worry can't change anything. I know it's ridiculous. So sorry if you worry. I think it's ridiculous. Am I hurting anybody's feelings? The Bible says if that worry, that, that's an anxiousness. Because most people, and I don't know what the stats are, but the what if this happens? What if that? What, 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 what if, what if? They, they never happen. I would much rather meditate on what the Lord says about the situation to see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say amen. Okay. Now I'm going to read a scripture, and this is super going to step on your toes. If you're a worrier, say, I want my toes stepped on because I want to quit worrying. Are you, who are the worriers? Raise your hand. Be, be bold because you're going to get delivered today. Okay. Worriers, uh, hands up. Seriously. Okay. This is what the word says. This is at the passage <clears throat> in Matthew where he talks about, you know, the lilies of the field. They don't toil. They don't work. And he clothes them in great splendor. And he's talking about the grass and all of that. Here's what it says. Okay. You ready? Only people who do not know God are always worrying about such things. Your Father in heaven knows that you have need of all these things. Whether it's a job, what if you agree to say, Lord, and I know I told the story last night, and if some, if some of you have heard it, I, it's just one of the most supernatural experiences of according to his riches and glory does what? Christ meet all my needs. That's where we need to go. When the what if triggers, Lord, you meet all, not some, not maybe, all of my needs according to your riches and glory. So, oh, thank you so much, Sonia. I brought my water, but I forgot it. Um, so where, where are these riches accessed? In glory. In glory is where you get them. So I was in... Florida with my husband. This is my cute husband. How do you want to stand up? Stand up. Come on. He heard it. He had a really bad injury to both legs. Yes, he fell in our pool. And, and he, wait, wait, wait. Uh, 49 years this month. And I, 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 side note, I just want to thank God for him because I can't remember a time that he hasn't said, there's nobody like you in the earth. You can do anything. He just has been such a powerhouse of incredible confession over my life. So thank you, honey. He meets all of our needs in glory. Okay, to his riches in glory. I was in Florida, my husband, another couple, and they decided to, they were going to take the van and go scuba diving or snorkeling or something for like three or four hours. And they dropped my friend, my friend Kathleen and I off. 
And she's like the whitest person on the planet. And I am not exaggerating. You've never seen anybody this white. And we realized after they left, this is before cell phones, that they had our bags, our beach bags, our towels, our sunscreen, everything. So I just didn't want poor Kathleen to burn. So I walked over to, now I thought about this last night. Why did I walk over to the edge of the ocean? Why didn't I scour the beach? Somehow God just dropped such faith in my heart. And I walked over to the edge of the ocean and I began to thank God. Lord, I thank you. You meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory. We need sunscreen. Whoosh. Big wave drops a brand new bottle of coconut sunscreen. My favorite. That's your God, people. That's your God, saints. That's your God. There is nothing, as I was thinking about the miraculous this morning, thinking about miracles, and please help me if I'm wrong. Really, I like to be corrected. Well, like may not be the right word. I, no, I'm kidding. Wise men love correction. I don't like it. I love it. So I was thinking about miracles this morning and the miraculous, and I think that every single miracle in the Bible regards some sort of provision. Even Jesus running on the water, he had to get someplace. Feeding the 5,000, they needed to eat. Parting the Red Sea, they had to get away from the enemy. Every miracle is some sort of provision. Do you think God knows how to access the glory realm for all the needs that we have through us? Say amen. amen. Okay. And when I do that, I know some people do that because they're kind of insecure, but I do it because that means so be it. If I say I want you to say amen, it's because I want you to agree with the word of God from heaven that it gets in you and it dwells richly. Amen. Okay. Seventh question, and maybe like number two in importance or number one. Do you love me more than these? Is there anything you love more than God? And let me just tell you something the Lord told me years ago. Do you, do you know how I know what people love? They pursue it. If they want to be the best golfer, the best fisher person, the best realtor, the best whatever, the best doctor, the best this, the best that, proof of passion is pursuit. And our heart should be set on course towards radically pursuing the one who loved us and gave himself for us. My passion is the Christ. His passion is you. His passion is you. That's how he he endured the cross with joy. He saw you, Sonia. Woohoo, baby. He saw you, Rick, Mary. He saw us. And we're his passion. I pray to God you feel like that. Like when it says, when the heavens opened up, I believe, I believe I live under an open heaven. I believe God is pleased with me. And I I hope that doesn't sound conceited. I hope it doesn't sound anything other than he's given me a revelation as a daughter of the most high God of who I am. I live from that place every day, don't I, honey? You know why? He's worthy. He's worthy of our love. He's worthy of every bit of who we are 24-7. He's worth our life. The thing that we want to freely give him is we take his life and we give ours back. No holding back. No like, well, I just want to wait till I quit this habit. Or I don't want to quit this habit, worse yet. 
or I, because there's a lot of things that I heard this morning when it talks about why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say. There's several things that I heard that I've been praying about that, that you know, people do and they shouldn't be doing. So don't run from God. If in these questions that I've asked just now, I pray that you'll maybe go through, go look for the other 300, 300, 307 questions. Look for the other 300. They're usually like toe-stomping questions, which are awesome. I love the word of God when it makes me ouch. I love it because I love to be provoked to make who I am, Christ in me, line up with whatever he says, and I don't care what it is. I mean, the word of God living, this is a promise I can make. I never make promises that I can't keep. I'm going to make this promise. If you live to be guided by his word, to love his word, to let the word dwell in you richly, you will have the most abundant life ever. That's a promise. There is no one like the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, lots more questions. And maybe for another day, go on number 299 all the way down. Do you want to give us the close? Or not? Give the Lord a hand for this good word. Let's stand up. Let's stand up together. Let's uh, join hands across the aisle. Join hands with the person next to you. We'll do this briefly. If in the context of our that wonderful praise and worship that we had this morning, thank you, Sonia and team, for that. Or in the, con- or in the context of the word, or even I heard someone... One time who got saved during the offering. They called on Jesus. I want to remind you that just like your mom, when you were little, more than one time said, look both ways before you cross the street. God, for emphasis, three times says, whoever calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. And if you found yourself responding to Jesus and you, you, you know you're not right with him, but you want to be today, in your own heart of hearts, you're just calling on him right now. Would you make a declaration of faith that you're receiving his grace by just taking a moment to squeeze the hand of the person next to you? Do that right now. I'm not going to call you up front or anything. Just squeeze the hand just for a moment. Say, I, I'm receiving God's grace today. And then if someone squeezed your hand just now, Let's take a moment to squeeze it back. See, I'm going to be praying for you this week that you'll grow in your relationship with Jesus. Now, if you did respond to Jesus, I want you to, whoever you know here at New Song, tell somebody before you leave the building, and they will help you to know how to be discipled into ever-increasing levels of supernatural peace and joy and dance in your inner world. They'll help you. They love you. They'll care for you. Okay, you can let go of the person's hand now for a moment. Put your hand on your heart, okay? Thank you for this word, Lord. And when that first question kind of sums them all up, will the, will the Son of Man find faith when he comes on the earth? Yeah, and in, in, in me he will, amen? In us we will, you will. In us you will, Jesus.
in us you will. Thank you, God. We have a pastoral care team that will be up here at the front. And again, it's holistic healing, body, soul, or spirit. Jesus is into helping you at whatever point you need. We have not because we ask not. So come forward and get prayer if you'd like prayer today, okay? Remember, God loves you and we love you. Have a super week. Oh, Bethlehem, would you have missed what you